brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from KX93.5. We invite you to tune in for more great music and talk on our grassroots nonprofit radio station here in Laguna Beach, California. No matter where you are in the world, you can listen to our station at kx93.5.com or on our smartphone apps. Right now, here's Awakening Code Radio from KX93.5. You're listening to Awakening Code Radio. Mind-expanding, heart-opening, talking music to raise your vibration. Some people consider it the shifting of the ages. Others see it as a whole new paradigm for humanity. But whatever you want to call it, it's hard to deny that we are in a moment of immense change. A moment challenging us to wake up and live life more consciously. This is Eric Rankin. And I'm Michelle Anderson. And you're listening to Awakening Code Radio. Where the conversation is always about raising the vibration of love, compassion, happiness, forgiveness, stewardship, health, and peace. Thank you for joining the conversation. This is Deepak Chopra. Hi, I'm Marianne Williamson. Hi, this is Greg Braden. And you are listening to Awakening Code. Awakening Code. Awakening Code Radio. Yes, you are, and thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you so much. We call our our fan base family and friends because the people that we have met in person certainly feel like that, and we have connected with so many over our Facebook page. Uh, if you'd like to leave a message for either Colleen, our amazing admin, or Michelle or myself, that would be the place to do it. And if you haven't liked our page on Facebook yet, please do that, our Admin posts all kind of positive things to read all week long. Ooh, and um, it's just a great way for us to stay connected with you. You're totally, you're totally I'm busting t- me. Yeah, I, yeah, I am. <laughs> Michelle's there just Turn dinging around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, Michelle. So I'm Eric, hey, Eric, half the team here at Awakening Code Radio. We're just uh, celebrating last week our seventh year of doing this. And Michelle and I were here day, it was actually day two of the station's history, but it was... The very second day, they started Monday, and we were the Tuesday after that. It used to be 10 to midnight. I loved even, it. Oh, no. I love the whole night owl thing, but uh, okay, I'm with you now as we've aged a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> 
I did see a picture of me. Oh, Tyler and I uh, holding up a KX93 card, you know, before the station even opened. Uh-huh. He looks 15. He looks and, 15. And I yes. look, you know, 10 years younger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting up there. Oh, so before we went on the podcast, you were telling our our live streaming audience what you did this weekend. Yes, and it was it sounds really neat. It was. I, I did one of my workshops at the Integratron, one of the Sonic Geometry workshops. Um, that was really beautiful. And that's in the high desert, but we spent the night in Big Bear uh, the night before that, and that's up seven thousand feet. And you would not think that an hour's drive you could be. From the Integratron to Big Bear, you know, I mean, there would be times when it'd be hot in the desert and snow there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just beautiful, you know, fall, a lot of fall I colors. I heard your beautiful voice singing on... Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I sang... On a Facebook Live. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sang a little bit around and the campfire. And I was thinking, God, I love your voice. You you oh. always say you don't want to sing on air because you don't have reverb in the studio, but you have a beautiful voice. You know, there's, thank you. It's uh, definitely, I have my range, my limited range, kind of low and stuff. And if I just relax into it, I, I'm, I'm okay with my voice. You're a swooner. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Put on my, hello, ladies. Oh, <sighs> I know. Well, you were having fun at the Integratron. I was having fun for my 26th, 27th wedding anniversary. Look at that. I almost. Congratulations. I, I right? to you and Brian. 27. Yeah. I always have to add up the number of years my daughter is and add plus one because mm. our birthdays are coming up. And we, it was like, boom, marriage, get pregnant, have a baby. Have you did a that fast. I got married and waited mm-hmm. eight years. Yeah. You guys got to travel and have fun. We, well, did, we traveled too. But, yeah. We did. But one of the, what we did Friday night was we saw the comedian J.P. Sears at Irvine Improv, and he is one heck of a funny guy. He he, I wanted to get him on the show, and he was busy filming something, so we couldn't get him on the show before he was playing it at Irvine Improv. But he is one funny guy. Um, was was it crowded? I try and think of a guy like J.P. Sears because. People love him if they know him. They mm-hmm. go online. They kind of know what to expect. They know a lot of these. The red-haired n- guy that makes fun of hippies, yeah. veganism, New age. yoga. Yes. Yeah, any of that stuff. But if you didn't know a lot of the spiritual community terms, the buzzwords to make fun of, I picture him standing in front of an audience like, what is he even talking about? You know, unless you know who he is. Right. Most comedians, can they're talking about topical stuff that anybody relates to. And he's getting up here, you know, talking to an audience that maybe has never heard of half the stuff he's making fun of. And I wonder how that lands. He played two shows a night, Friday and Saturday, and then mm. one show on Sunday. Mm. There were three of three comedians, but he was the headliner. And the show, we went to the second show on Friday night and I knew, I knew this was going to happen, but it was fine because I wanted to support him, but I bought VIP tickets so I could be right in front. My husband and I could be right in front and when I looked at the seating, it said, you know, this whole section, you get there, you know, first come, first serve for this section for VIP, and then this section is um, general admission. And I said to the guy, something told me, so if I, buy, if I buy VIP and it doesn't sell out, are you going to place all those general admission people in the VIP section? And the guy kind of stuttered a little bit. (laughs) And that's exactly what happened. So we were in line talking to these two beautiful women. One of them just had a baby and they were going out for some laughter therapy because the one that just had the baby was a little bit frustrated and tired. And 
So we were talking with them in line. It, you would have liked this conversation, Eric. We were we were talking about I wore high heels for our date night. My husband and I went out to dinner first. You don't wear high heels very often. And I don't wear high heels very often. And I would and the funny thing is something told me to bring my flats with me. I had the intuition to bring my flats with me. Oh, you you are not going to play that song. You you suck. Um, anyway, hey, Eric, you're going to like it. Just so you know what audience, what Eric's doing is he's stealing the chord because I already had it by me to play songs I picked. And well, you can have all the rest of them. No, I know, but I know why you're playing this song, <laughs> and I just want I just want to tickle you right now. Anyway, <laughs> I can't because I'm way over here. But anyway, so so I bring my flats anyway, and I'm wearing my high heel shoes. And they're, of course, hurting my feet. And I'm thinking, why did I do this? Now, this is a very old pair of high-heeled shoes I've had for a long time. Haven't worn them in years. Threw them on, but something told me I might want those, those flats. Made it through dinner. We had a great dinner over here at Harley in Laguna. Really good food. It, it is great. Relief. Had a couple of, couple of champagne chambords, and I was feeling really good. Then we walk towards the improv at, at Irvine Spectrum, and... I'm just clopping in these high heels thinking, God, they hurt. Next thing I know, they break. Oh. <laughs> it breaks. And I said to Brian, God, I, we have enough time. I can run back to the car and get my flats. And I go, I'm so relieved that they broke and I, I can wear my flat shoes now. And, and he's just, you know, kind of, he's humoring me. We get in line. We start tying these beautiful young women and talking about the high-heeled shoe thing. And, and so Brian and I are like looking at every woman coming towards us and I'm going flats, flats. And he's all, anybody that's wearing jeans has on flats, but all the people in dresses have on high heels. And then I, this lady in a dress with flats, I'm like dress flats, <laughs> you know? And then, and then I see another girl in a dress, high heels, you know? And I'm like, oh man. So we start talking to these women and they're, they're talking, one of the women's talking about how she carries these slipper flats in her in her bag with her, but she loves her high heels, but she knows about how much time she can get. <laughs> you know, like she plans her night. Okay, I have this much time. They're gonna start hurting, but I'll be sitting and then I can have the other flats. It's it's it is funny to watch us, you know. I just can't picture high heels to me. You know, that little tiny you know, spike mm-hmm. and then four heat inches up on the heel and down and the toes cramped in there. Oh, hurts. I, I just, it looks it like torture devices. And my hips were hurting. Like I'm feeling my age right now. Right. Anyway, that was just my story. And I just, I just thought it was funny. But when we were at Irvine Improv, the the couple that sat next to us was a, a, a man, and I don't know if she was his girlfriend or not. I think they said that they lived in Anaheim. He said he was going to listen to the show. I showed him, you know, our postcard. He took a, a screenshot of it, and I'm sorry I don't remember your name, but if he's listening, shout out to you, <laughs> great guy that sat next to me at the Irvine Improv. And um, he was saying how he's just all lit up about these subjects, you mm. know, awakening kind of subjects, and. As we're sitting there, he's across from me next to my husband. His girlfriend is sitting next to me. And as I'm talking and and conversing with both of them, I'm getting the feeling he's more like me and she's more like my husband. A little more skeptical, a little more mm, not so sure about that. And he's just totally into it. We're just having this great conversation. And that's why he loves J.P. Sears. So that brings us to what you were saying is not everybody kind of knows these buzzwords or... You have to know the word first for it to, for him to be able to make fun of it and to land as something funny. 
Right. You talk about chakras and there's lots of people that have maybe even never heard that word. Yeah. So you start doing a whole routine about your chakras are off and it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that busy in our show, but it looked like it was sold out in the first show. Oh, I think he did get a good audience and I know he got a great audience in um, San Diego when he, when he played in San Diego. Yeah. So that was great. So are you getting ready to play a song so that we can call our guest? Because our guest lives in Florida, and I know she's waiting to get on the air uh, with us. Sure. So do you, you know what we can't, you don't want to say why I picked the song? I mean, I can say it, but no. no. <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> just out us both. <laughs> well, it's not outing. We both just by chance happen to be going to Disneyland this week. Uh-huh. And I think that's funny. I haven't been in 15 years or longer. Right. And then I said, I'm going to Disneyland. And you're like, I am too. No, I said it first. Oh, you did? It was in a text. Oh. And you go, LOL, I'm going on Wednesday. Oh, really? You told yeah. me first? Uh-huh. I said, we're going to Disneyland tomorrow. We were going to continue the anniversary celebration and go to Disneyland on Sunday. And both Brian and I woke up on Saturday morning and just, it was in our heads that we wanted to go to Disneyland. And we haven't been in years either. Hmm. And we just felt like we wanted to see the um, Halloween Halloween decorations. And there's some new rides. Star Wars oh has gosh. got some stuff going on. and The whole Star Wars land, yeah. you know, Galaxy's Edge. I haven't been yeah. there. I haven't been there since Cars Land was there or yeah. any of that stuff. Yeah. I just, I've been to California Adventure once. It's, so it's super expensive to. now. I mean, you're, you're lucking out with your situation when you mm-hmm. go tomorrow. I have to go on a weekend. What we decided when we, we thought about it, I looked up, I think they have like a crowd tracker thing. And I looked it up and it was going to be a red day on Sunday. And I said, gosh, I don't want to spend $200 on a ticket. And it's it's Per packed. person, $200 yeah. for both. And it's parts. more than that. We're going to do something else. So it'll be more than that. But you get the park hopper to go to California Adventure. So we decided that we would go this coming weekend. And our daughter's flying down from San Francisco. And we're going to celebrate both of our birthdays at Disneyland. I, I haven't done that in a long time. so. Well, it'll be fun. And- but the reason why I didn't <laughs> want you to tell is because I was like, man, you're not going to have as busy a day. It won't be as crowded for you on a Wednesday. But on a Sunday, I'm like, don't tell anybody. I don't want anyone else to get the idea to oh. go. <laughs> See, all of our listeners are all going to Disneyland yeah, now oh to God. see you. Outing me that I'm so selfish. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. Oh, that's Having funny. a human 3D moment. Well, anyway, in that vein, there is a song that mentions Disney. And this is the Beach Boys from 1957 called Disney Girls. We'll okay. be right back. You're listening to Awakening Code Radio. Tootsie 
This is Admin Colleen, and you're listening to Awakening Code Radio on KX93.5, Laguna's only FM station. Yes, you are. Thank you so much. Now, wasn't that, you didn't know that song. Isn't that a sweet song? It was a sweet song, but what was even sweeter was you singing along to it with your golden voice. I did used to sing that song just because I liked the chord arrangement. Mm -hmm. All right. I think our listener, I mean, our guest is on the phone. Lori, are you there? I am here. Lori Spagna in the house. (laughs) Not really in the house, but you are in the house because you- I'm in the house. You're with us. (laughs) I, to- I yeah. told you, Lori, when we talked on Saturday that we normally have our people live in the studio with us, and but you are so amazing that I said, I got to get you on, and I'm, I'm just glad that you're with us and glad you're able to stay awake and call in from Florida. Eric, when I got here, Eric goes, where's our guest? And I said, <laughs> she's going, we're calling her, so, <laughs> but- well. I- Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here with both of you, and I'm looking forward to our conversation tonight. There's so much that we can talk about, and I want to just share with our listeners. Our listeners know that a lot of times we don't plan that far out because we really feel into really what the what the collective consciousness is buzzing with and and who we're supposed to put on based on what we're feeling in the moment. So it's hard for me to plan a show three months in advance or, you know, very far in advance because I never know what the energy is going to be. And the energy is so ripe to have you on this show. Saturday when we talked, I wanted to share with our listeners that you and I, we just actually met at Portal to Ascension. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you you know a lot of the people in our circle, a lot of the people we've had on the show because you speak at Conscious Life Expo, right? Yes. I've been speaking at Conscious Life Expo for about a little over 10 years now, every year, because I love it. Because the people for me are like family. Yeah, that's and that's what this show is all about. Most of the people who come on the show and listen to the show are very soul family feeling to us. So I, I am... when I met you, Lori Taylor's listening right now, by the way, and she's totally resonating with everything Eric and I were just joking about before we called you. We were talking about mm. high-heeled shoes and how my high heels broke out on my date with my husband this weekend, and I was so grateful <laughs> that mm. I, I got to switch to flats. But anyway, um, meeting you was like a, a, one of those electric zaps. You and I just immediately had this soul recognition at a very, very deep level. And I, I just wanted to spend more time with you and get to know you more. And I, then you told me on Saturday, you felt the same way. And we had a two hour talk and mm-hmm. just incredible. Um, and I, I don't and know. You know. Go ahead. Uh, sorry. I didn't the thing is also I, I feel the same way with Lori. Like yeah. all three of us had that. It was so soul it was so heart centered, you know, just sacred reunion with family. It's like you know from the moment you meet. It For feels sure. isn't that yeah. so wonderful? For sure. So and we, I know Suzanne yeah. Suzanne Holt, who who flew from Virginia to Irvine to be at Portal to Ascension. She texted me tonight and said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay awake because I'm tired, but she really wanted to hear the show. So we'll try to have Colleen get the podcast up hopefully tomorrow. But when we were, when you and I were talking, one of the things I want to say about you, Lori, is you are on top of your game. When it, go, when it comes to how you run your business, how professional you are, you sent me over a whole media kit 
with your signature topics and different things that you could talk about and your whole speaker bio and everything like that. And I was thinking, wow, you are the real deal. Very professional. You dot your T's, cross your I I mean, dot your T's and cross your I's. <laughs> dot your I's and cross your T's. But what I did this weekend was I sent your your different speaker topics to our admin, Colleen, and I said, what what topic do you think that we should focus on for this show? And she's the one that picked intuitive development development in our psychic nature. But our, our audience doesn't know that you have all these other topics about, you know, DNA, activating DNA, about your animal communication, um, healing ourselves emotionally, mentally, and physically. You've got some great topics, but what Colleen said to me is, Michelle, you could probably go into any one of those topics. You and Eric can bring bring out any of those topics through ha- mm. starting off with intuitive development and our psychic nature. Um, but as well, I, was, you know, I th- I think we're just so in sync the way we speak and the way we converse. You know, it, what's meant to come out will come out, and you know what I mean. However, it flows. It's, it's always perfect. I, I was I was feeling that too, and I was listening to your YouTube channel on the way in. And you have a really great YouTube channel. They people um, people who want to listen to you on YouTube. It's just L O R I S P A G N A, right? Spagna, yeah, spelled S P A G N A, and. The topics that you were covering just in the last week really resonated with me when it when it comes to free will versus what was the other word you used? Something conscious con- consent. Conscious, conscious consent. consent. And you were mm-hmm. talking in that YouTube about how we've been lied to in the three D and our mm-hmm. f- our free will was our free will has basically been usurped. But yes. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? We can. Do you want to start there, and then we can go into some of these other um, areas? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think one of the most important things is that we we just don't realize what free will really is, and in a sense, in in third dimensional paradigm, ever, from what I receive from my higher consciousness and from connecting with the divine, is that. Every all will is the will of the divine ultimately, but in this paradigm, this old paradigm, in the third dimensional paradigm, everything was basically agreed, pre agreed to for the most part through contracts, oaths, vows, agreements, etc. So, everything that's happening, you're, you're not really fully conscious of it. And when I say you, I mean everyone in 3D. And so, what we really need to be asking for, or you know what I recommend is that we start asking very clearly and out loud, I call forth my conscious consent. I call forward my conscious consent. I intend and choose to have full and complete conscious consent over everything that goes on in my life, my living, my reality. Because the moment you start doing that, you claim it, you reclaim it, The laws of the universe will abide. They must. They do, because that's what they're there for. And you'll start to become a lot more conscious just just by stating that out loud. I love that. I I I was totally resonating with it and feeling like 
one of the things that I notice about you is the way you have mastered language and you you really know a lot about universal law and how we're all interconnected and everything is connected to the all that is. That was one of the things that you mm-hmm. said that I went, oh my gosh, I love that statement that mm-hmm. we are all connected mm-hmm. to the all that is. And I think that's why we kind of went in this direction of talking about intuitive development and our, our psychic nature because we are all psychic and that's what you that's what you're talking about and that's what you teach how we are all psychic and how we can just access and utilize our greatest gifts for and I love putting on there for the greatest and highest good which you use that phrase as well yeah. a lot yeah well first I think I think that's base a basic rule of the fifth dimensional paradigm and elevating into the new the new reality that we're that we really are all elevated into already we're just anchoring into it more wholly and fully and completely and consciously but the basic rule is like for the for the greater good of all harm to none Mm. so that becomes our guiding principle and i mean you could call it the golden rule too in a sense you know do unto others but really that is just our guiding principle here and then we have these laws of the universe that the laws of the universe to me, from everything I can understand and discern, are the only real truths there are. In other words, everything else is perspective, energetic frequency, and vibration. Interpretation, because we are consciousness. We are all awareness in bodies, conscious aspects of conscious creator in body. And so these laws that reside on a six-dimensional plane of existence... The laws are there for us to help govern us, to help us navigate our way into the higher consciousness of the fifth dimensional paradigm. And then from there, once we're anchored there and we understand these laws as governing forces, we can, of course, move beyond them. We can go to seventh, eighth, ninth, and beyond dimensional consciousness as we awaken and activate more of our dormant potential. But, but, the laws provide a sense of kind of stability and an ability for us to understand and discern what's true, what's real, what's just illusion. So that's why I love them so much. That's why I love working with them, you know. Do you do you ever teach about all of the universal laws so that people actually have a really good grasp of what are the universal laws? Yeah. Well, I do teach. I have a sacred membership on my website, which is a year long. It's a, it's a membership where you have just access to hundreds of hours of videos and tutorials and classes and tons of stuff, DNA activation. But basically, I mean, it's very simple. The, the number one law, there are, to me, there's two number one laws, and they stand side by side like an 11, like mastery. And the first is all there is is one. You are you are aspect of all there is, and all that is is one, and that one is is consciousness, and it vibrates to a frequency, an energetic frequency of uh, love and peace, basically. There a range, right? A range of love and peace, and then the other law is intent, consent, and authority, which is also known as free will. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's sub laws under those, which it's pretty. I mean, they're they're pretty basic for the most part, and there's more and more sub laws as you get into more specifics. But basic laws that are so easy to follow. 
Well, let's get into you're a creator. Let's get into oh, just sorry, yeah. a better no, I, I, a better understanding. When you say none of us have really free will like we think we have, we use that term all the time. Like we use unconditional yes. love. I love I love unconditionally. No one does that. I don't think. And then free will. You know, in the in the model that we've set up for ourselves, and I think that's what you're talking about. This paradigm that we live in. Somewhere along the way, we have just been ever more comfortable giving up our free will. I mean, just saying, okay, that's the system. We participate in the money system, the taxation system, the, you know, losing a whole lot of our uh, identity, you know, just giving, uh, you know, ourselves away through social media and everything else. It's like we're less and less. And unless you have the thought about being in your free will and standing in your sovereignty and telling yourself when you get up in the morning, I make this choice consciously, we are getting, I think, ever more the the bigger picture. Now, there's plenty of people like us that we t- have this dialogue all day long, but it feels to me like the the macro picture is just people kind of locking step and just going, what are you going to do? You know, this it is, is what it is. Yes. It is what it is. Right. <laughs> well, right. you, you speak to, well, to sacred contracts, too. What it, I, well, I they've learned helplessness. They've learned helplessness when you say that. You know, what are you going to do? They've learned helplessness. That's right. been entrained in them. But I think that what's really valuable there that you mentioned, Eric, is this concept of free will. Because free will in in the in the paradigm that, that we are coming, awakening out of is is sort of like, well, what am I going to have for dinner? You know, what kind of, what state am I going to live in? What kind of car am I going to buy? Those kinds of things. But free will from a higher consciousness perspective is what will you put your attention on? What will you give your consciousness to? Where will you put your consciousness? So that is a form of free will. And so people don't even understand that if they're watching news, if they're watching chronic negativity network, CNN, or if they're believing what's basically being sort of brainwashed into them and 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 those that mass media is by the way you know it's just giving them like an a track and b track and creating a massive schism in their consciousness because it plays like an an alpha brainwave frequency and then a a deep beta brainwave that's totally jarring to the consciousness but that's a form of free will and consent but they're unconsciously consenting to it right they don't know what's happening so this is why conscious consent, going back to where we began, is just so significant because uh, if we don't understand what's happening, but we start demanding in a conscious way, like respectfully commanding conscious consent, the laws of the universe will abide. I like it. There's like this third strain in here because a lot of us, we hear surrender and that doesn't make everybody comfortable. It's like, well, the surrendering process or that there's allowing, there's a consciousness yeah. of like, I allow, but then you've kind of introduced this third term, this conscious um, consent. And it, yeah. it it brings it into a different type of focus, I think, of almost preemptively thinking about you have your choices before they even start directing the path of your life. You have these conscious choices that you can make about the type of thing you're going to watch or entertain or you know, steer yourself towards before you even know what's going to come through. You know, I don't watch the news because I know what's coming through the news is fear mongering, fear based, convincing you you're not enough. You know, you don't have enough. So my conscious choice is I'm going to not watch the news, not watch the news and decide after what I'm going to do with it. 
Yes, absolutely. And then the other thing that was really interesting, when you said, like, surrender and allow, we're often, even like in the spiritual community, metaphysical community, we're often taught those words, surrender and allow. But what I prefer in that is actually grace. Grace Mm -hmm. is the absence of resistance. So I'm not resisting what is. I recognize that this old paradigm that we're waking up out of has existed for a reason. And it provided us the opportunity to expand consciousness by being unconscious. Through the process of our unconsciousness, we expanded consciousness. But now we're, we're waking up out of that. And so I just choose grace, which is the absence of resistance. Like, I'm not resisting that. I'm not even judging it. I'm just recognizing it has run its course. I'm done and complete with it. And I lovingly and peacefully release it and choose to transmute that in my everyday experience. And that's so perfect. Mm-hmm. Just just today, I think yesterday I used the term on Samuel Jay's Facebook post. Samuel Jay is somebody that's a musician that's been on the show. He's played at Disclosure Fest and some of these festivals that I've helped uh, co-produce. And he had posted that... I think it's his right ear. For some reason, he's deaf in one of his ears. All of a sudden, it happened, and he thinks he needs surgery. And you can tell he's really struggling with this, but he's he's a very conscious being, and he was he was being very careful with how he worded his Facebook post, and I think he was surrendering to the process. And I wrote something. I told him that I was you know, praying for him and visualizing him hearing out of both ears, crystal clear out of both ears, and navigate. He called it a curveball he was thrown. And I said, mm. I said something about, may you navigate this curveball with grace. And then he mm. wrote back today that he really, it, it kind of brought him back to, oh, yeah, that word grace really is impactful and important right now. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up the word grace because mm-hmm. I use that a lot. I, 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 a lot of times will say with ease and grace, with ease and grace. But my daughter's yes. gotten used to that phrase that when we're intending or focusing, we use that, that phrase, you know, when she was looking for an apartment and she didn't get the one she thought she wanted because she was so attached and thought she wanted it. And I said, something better is going to come along and it's going to come along with ease and grace. Just Allow that, mm-hmm. allow that process to unfold, but keep seeing that something better is coming and it's coming with ease and grace. Yeah. Did you, yeah. Um, Lori, did you ever read the book uh, Gift from the Sea by Ann Lero, Merle Lindbergh? No, I don't know that book. Okay, so that was uh, Charles Lindbergh's wife, the Lindbergh baby and all that stuff. And she wrote this little beautiful book. She went on vacation from her stressful life being married to Charles Lindbergh and actually down on Sanibel Island uh, in Florida is where she wrote this book. She just had a little place by herself, but she had a whole chapter on grace. And she just said, you know, the best way she could describe it, you know when you're in this grace state because there's days when the easiest things are hard and by shifting your attitude and perception into grace, the hard things can be easy. You know, you just know that you're in that flow where grace is, is working I've mentioned this a couple of times, so I'll just tell it super quick, but got to meet um, uh, Ray Bradbury. And at the end of his lecture, I asked him why we're here on this planet. And he said, we're here to witness and celebrate. And that to me is another way of saying almost this grace, like we're not here to judge it. We're here to take deep notice of what this life experience is. 
and celebrate all aspects of it, you know, just mm-hmm. as we navigate our way through it. But that, that, the way he said it, another way of saying it is the way you did, that we can flow with grace. And we know when it's happening. We know how we feel when it's happening. We almost know how to set it up to flow in our lives. And often we just get so distracted. That's the big word that's kind of looming in my, my head these days is we're distracted by so many things. I mean, just yeah, uh, the news and sports and our worries and money and politics. We're just so fragmented and pulled so many different directions. But all of it feels like the big distraction from what really matters. And that's why I love having this show that we get to talk about things that, to me at least, really matter. Yes. Well, you know, when you're talking about what really matters, I it occurred to me, even with all the distractions you were mentioning, it occurred to me, like, I remember getting my a huge learning in this lifetime. It was so huge. It was the awareness that there was nothing. I mean, this is going to sound so simple and basic, but... There's nothing outside of me that is more important than what's inside of me. Mm. There's nothing out there that can ever give me what I really want and need. What I really want and need is within me. And then everything in the external world is adding to that. It adds, it supplements, it supports, it assists. But the baseline is that which is which can only be found and discovered in truth from within. When you when we get into that that stillness, you know, and it's that one of my favorite quotes is "Be still and know that I am God." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And would you so would you true, call that you know? connecting with the higher self? And and you, I know you talk a lot about the I am presence and and really reestablishing or establishing trust and faith in in divine source. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, for me, the way that everything I perceive, the way I perceive my reality is I'm a human embodiment that is an aspect of this divine source. And this divine source initially was just, is just all that is, all that ever was, all consciousness. And this divine source fractals itself to become a creator, to be a creator. And then this creator created like oversoul families, oversouls basically that then fractaled off to create families or groups or individuals, right? Which we are, all of us are aspect of that. So, you know, and our higher self is that version of us that's that's more non-physical and connected to the oversoul family. And there's 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 actually a, an aspect that's even in my consciousness that I'm aware of that's sort of beyond the oversoul that's an ever being it is the creator aspect that created me as an individual so and my higher self is an aspect of that so it's not like a hierarchical version it's just that when you recognize that creator is all that is the all that is is all that is that infinite love infinite consciousness infinite wisdom infinite peace infinite presence that infinite all that is that we're aspect of it and in coming into terms with the oneness within myself, that's how I discovered it. So that's how I've come to to know it. Um, But I understand that we all have our own experience of whatever that is. So, you know, that's my, that's how I explain it. How long have you been teaching this, what you're talking about now? 
Well, for me, what happened was, just to go a little teeny bit into the storyline, was that about uh, maybe about 15 years ago, I, I moved away to Maui, and I lived there for two years after a, my brother had a near-death ex- uh, My brother died, and I ended up having a near-death experience while living in Maui. And then through that process of just working with a master who taught me how to sort of lead, get the essence of my consciousness out of my physical body and let the whole physical reality basically collapse and just my consciousness as an individuated being in the non-physical realm. That's, that expanded so much for me. So what I would do is I would meditate every night trying to recreate that experience in a masterful way. And I would often do it while I was in Maui. I would do it on my um, backyard porch. And one morning or one evening at approximately somewhere around 2 o'clock in the morning, I had an induction, I call it an induction experience or a first contact experience where I was basically teletransported onto a ship mm. with my own home family. My, I call them my star family. And I am aware that there was massive amounts of activation that went on for me and what I call downloads, which really just moved me so far beyond like anything that I consciously was aware of that even existed prior to that. So that's where it all started. Well, I, I, wanna, I got activated. I want to hear a little bit more about this. You know, I had no idea that that was going to be the answer you gave me, that it, this kind of started with a, an induction. So I, I, I think we should play a song here and just drop a little bit into what your uh, close encounter played out as. You, you want to go into a little depth more when we come back from a song? Yeah. Okay, great. for sure. We're going to play a song by Samuel J. And I just ask all of our listeners to send Samuel J. a little bit of love tonight because he is going through um, not being able to hear. And we know that he's going to be getting his hearing back. So this song is called When I Love. Thanks for tuning into Awakening Code Radio. We'll be right back.
Many great guests we've had on the show. Greg Braden, uh, he's getting real fired up on Gaia TV. He's like the center, looks like the, sort of the center guy right now of programming revolving around. Well, I'd like to see Lori Spagna on Gaia TV. How yeah. about that, Lori? Let's let's manifest and intend with you. <laughs> you want to be on Gaia oh, TV? Be. Let's make that happen. Mm-hmm. I think I'd like that. I think I'd be pretty good with that. You You are so great on the spot. And one of the things that... Both uh, listener Suzanne Holt and I were talking about is how deep you took us in the meditation at Portal to Ascension. I have, I, I'm still blown away by what you did, the language you used, and the energy that I felt. I, I just, I was just blown away. I, I never felt that before. So, I wanted to thank wow, you for that. Well, thank you. That's such an honor. I appreciate you saying that. I'm just, I'm just, I really am so glad and honored that I get to do this work. Like I get to do this service. It's what I do. I just love it. I love it so much when I get to do it. It's my favorite thing. You're yeah. living, you're living your life on purpose and it shows. Yeah. I mean, I, the thing is, that's really cool about that work. And I know we were, we we're going to talk a little bit more about that induction experience, but the thing is, is it's really, it's so far. Like my favorite thing is to be able to, extract information, energy, and consciousness from the non-physical realm, which has been unknown to us, unavailable to us previous to this point in linear time. So, so because if you think about it, humanity hasn't been at this kind of a frequency. We haven't been at this high of a frequency enough um, in terms of linear time, at least not to my awareness, that we could extract this this higher frequency consciousness and finally now we're we're getting into stuff that was never known before because everything if you look at everything up until now it's just basically a lot of books research regurgitations not to diminish it mm-hmm. it's it's great it's just now finally we're able to access frequencies of consciousness that just never were available before to us brand new to the human species I'm going to drop before we talk further about that and your induction story, because right now you're talking about how the universe has, it conspires for 
what we see and believe, you know, that we have these conscious choices that we can make. But once we make them, the universe is showing us whether we choose positive, negative, right or wrong, to be happy or sad. The universe just says, you're right, and I'll support that. I have to tell you just a little funny story that popped into my head today. I, I visited my parents today, and to me, this seemed like a little miracle, and they didn't think anything about it. But we were watching The Price is Right together. And in the audience, so this girl that they call up, so that limits your your potential for out of all the people that are in the audience who's going to get called up in play to, for a chance to even get up on the stage. This girl, she gets called. She jumps up and down. She's wearing a pink T-shirt that says, I'm going to win a car from Drew, uh, Drew Carey or something like that. She jumps up and down. She wins the the very first little price game that they have to do. She gets up to the stage, which all of these things are unlikely enough. And in the regular game, not the, sh- the big showcase, her prize that she's going for is a car. And I'm like, well, what are the odds of even that? That this girl's wearing a shirt. She gets picked. She gets wins above everybody else, gets to the stage. It is a car. And the game that she's supposed to play is hitting a golf ball. And the better she's getting at pricing, the closer she gets to the thing. She didn't get one right. So she is putting from a million miles away. Drew Carey even tried to show her how easy it is and missed. She whacked this ball and it bounced off like three walls and went into <laughs> the middle. And I'm like, that's impossible. Other than the universe wanted, she saw a timeline where she was winning a car on Price is Right. And she totally did. I just, mm-hmm. I, so she won the car. She won it. I mean, she went through Woo-hoo. all those unlikely things, but she had this T-shirt on. I'm winning a car today. <laughs> mm, that is so awesome. I just, That's I, a great story. That is a, a very unlikely. So anyway, let's get back to the real interesting stuff of your, I love the word induction story rather than abduction. Because one, mm. abduction sounds like something against your will. And I yes. think there's probably a lot of people that would, you know, I have had some experiences where I feel like a, a being or a, there's a sentience in my presence and they're like, you want to have a conversation? Well, you could be afraid and go no or you could say sure so i would call that more of an induction process than abduction yes well that's why i use that word what it was let's talk about your experience yeah so tell me what you saw what you heard why you were in that space did you see the interior of what the ship looked like just talk us through that a little bit yeah well what it was was first of all i was living in maui at the time and there were yeah, there were no planes overhead at two o'clock in the morning, and that—that just—I don't know what it's like there now, but back then the airport closed at nine p.m. And so what it was was it was like a, a a white light that looked sort of like a star, but it was way too low for a star, and it was moving in a circular motion. And I mean, I had worked in satellite television companies, cable TV for years. I knew what satellites looked like. It was not a satellite, and the interesting thing was it was responding to me. So without, I was completely like unaware of extraterrestrial life at that point. Like I didn't know anything. This is all pre-2012. I, I just had heard like, oh, 2012, the ETs are coming and they're going to be helpful. That's like, I had heard that. I didn't know anything. Were you so working? Just, you, you, it was, this was after you left corporate America, but at one point oh, you yeah. were working in corporate America. 
yeah, this is this is way after I left corporate America, like two two or three years, two years earlier, three years earlier. Um, but so I'm sitting on the back of my porch meditating at two o'clock in the morning, and I see this. Yeah, it was a ship, but it looked like a star, but it was making circular motion. And I literally, in my sort of naive day, was like, "Is that? Are you a ship? Is that a ship?" And it started moving in a very responsive way. And I asked, this is how I got my, my earliest forms of telepathy with animals and with my own brother. I would just ask, okay, if this is really true, please help me to know. If you're a ship, will you please make a movement for me that's so significant that I couldn't be mistaken? And that's what it did. It just started moving in response to me. So I just kept meditating on it and then... I remember very clearly asking, well, if there's anything I can do to help, let me know. <laughs> like, I was so foolish. I just didn't know anything about what was going on. But fortunately, it was benevolent. I do, for me, it was a, what I call a divine appointment with my star family at a perfect moment in time. I was exactly where I was supposed to be. So I was teletransported. All I can explain it is like a plasma-like state. I wasn't in my physical body but it was not a meditation. It was a different frequency. And I wouldn't have even understood that at that time. It took me years to unpack this. So I became conscious in a sense on the ship. Once I was on the ship, I really didn't know what was happening while it was going on. I couldn't have described it. I couldn't explain it, but I became very conscious that I was on a ship. I became very conscious that I was in a room. There were cameras everywhere. There were beings around me that looked humanoid. There were, there was nothing being done that was harmful or detrimental to me. There was no, I was not afraid. And I was able to get up and move freely. I was able to walk into a room that looked sort of like a bathroom. The doors would open every time I stood in front of a door, kind of like, you know, that Star Trek type of experience. I was able to move into a hallway a door would open when I stood in front of the door. There was there was like um, a room that I would describe as some sort of, um, what's the word? You know, cameras all in the room and someone watching all the cameras. There was, I remember walking down a hallway. I remember walking into what seemed to be like a stadium. I walked up to this stadium and there was a woman in there, a woman female type of figure, someone who I recognized, but I don't know who she was. It sounds weird, but that's what it was. I well, recognized you recognize her. her vibration probably. <clears throat> that's because I, I, I totally resonate with you having the understanding that this is your star family. Even though we didn't talk like that back then, you just knew that you were safe because this was a benevolent family you were with. I, I've had similar situations, not where I have such vivid recall like you do, but knowing that I was safe and these were my peeps. <laughs> this is Yeah, but I don't even think I had that awareness at that time. I was very neutral. I was not afraid. I was aware that I was there. It was as if there was no emotionality, but there was no fe there was no fear. But I I was safe. I wa it was just I was completely neutral. I did, and I recognized her, but I didn't know who she was at the same time. She asked me if I wanted to come in to the stadium. I asked her, "What 
what, what is it in there? She said, that's where our children are. She said, I said, she, she, she asked me if I wanted to come in there. And I said, no. And she said, that's good. I later became more aware with like regressions and my own meditation, my own inquiry, that I was from there, that I was from there. I was one of the children that was from there. Wow. And she did ask me if she could put an implant. She said, give me your arm. She put an implant in my wrist. I remember saying, I I wanted, I was going to, I turned and left. I remember walking through the hallway again. I remember seeing there was the male person, the male figure in the camera room operating area, like not operating like a medicine, but just it was like a, you know, a control room. I remember walking down the hallway. I remember seeing the room where I was, where, where the other beings were. And I remember saying, I want to go home. I, I immediately was like sort of pointed or maneuvered, so to speak, in front of another sort of elevator. Elevator doors opened. I went in them, so to speak. I'm using the word elevator, but it wasn't really an elevator. It was, I would call it probably a transporter would be a better word for it. I went in and suddenly I was in my house. Mm. I was in my house and I was in my form. And I was like conscious and I was like, what the, what? <laughs> and after that, it was, it was literally weeks of um, still meditating, constantly asking, what was that? What was that? What happened? And the answer I always would get was, you will know when the time comes. And there were downloads, what I call downloads, which is what I now give to people, downloads. It's what you saw. You saw a version of a download in, um, you know, or the Portal to Matrix. Uh-huh. Right, right. No. at Portal to oh. Ascension, we did downloads. She's talking about we the did. Matrix. What yeah. were you going to say about the Matrix? That there's some scene in there. I don't really remember because it's been so many years since I watched that movie, those versions of those different movies. But I remember the woman gets in the chair and they download. And he da- one time he gets in a chair and they download. Now he's an expert karate person. Oh, right. And then, right, right. They, those are downloads. She just gets a download and suddenly she knows how to do that. Right. So, right. That's what was happening to me. I was getting downloads, so many downloads. And I really didn't know what any of it was while it was happening. And it was always told to me. That was the one answer. I remember one time sort of having a little bit of like a a hissy fit, so to speak. Like my my team calls me a divine brat. My non-physical team, sometimes they're like, you're, you're a divine brat. Because <laughs> I remember having this hissy fit once, like, you keep telling me to wait and I'll know when the time comes. And meanwhile, like, what the heck is that? You know, what is happening to me? I just, it's frustrating. Very soon after, like at some period of time, I started to realize like in the early days, like I'm so much stronger. I'm so much healthier. I wasn't having any desire for any unhealthy food anymore. I had completely eliminated without any effort, all cravings for for alcohol, which you didn't hear my story. But in the corporate America, those 20 years out of college, I was drinking excessively, like really excessively. That went away practically overnight. All cigarette cravings. I I had been smoking two packs a day prior to, you know, me moving to Maui um, while I was in corporate America. It was like I was adapting. I was trying to function in the physical world where I really couldn't function by taking on those unhealthy behaviors. 
and almost overnight, those started to go away. I started to realize, like, I was getting stronger, I was getting healthier, and I started to realize, wow, my psychic abilities were really coming online. Like, I was able to do astral travel. I did never got any training in that. I was able to, I was able to find and locate things in the non-physical world. I was able to visit places. I was able to, my tele, um, telepathic abilities, telepathic with animals, with other living beings, like my psychic abilities, it all just came online. So I was playing with this stuff in a very innocent way. But at the same time, it just, I wasn't, I didn't learn it. I didn't learn any of it. And then when I started to really realize it was like I was becoming aware of how I could activate and awaken DNA. That's really when the gifts started to get stronger because once that started happening, I started doing it for friends to just see like, look, this is what's happening to me. Let me see if how it works for you. And they would start saying, this is really good. Like, they would start giving me results of what they were experiencing. And then from there, just, I started inviting people to groups. Like, I just started asking people to to, to participate in it and give me feedback. And that's when I, I just really knew, like, this was not my imagination. This was real. And what feedback you did at Portal to Ascension, you, you explained you got this download and you were mm-hmm. you were activating our DNA at Portal to Ascension. Is that what you is that kind of like what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, what you saw at Portal to Ascension is now like this almost 15 years later. Um, but yes, that's basically what we're doing. We're we're activating. There's a combination of things. We're clearing out old stuff that's part of the 3D matrix or the old paradigm. So. In human DNA, the first two strands of DNA is almost all, not all, but largely corrupted. And it's like, you know, just it's just malware, like malware on a computer. So if you have disease, if you have um, any form of disease in your family lineage, if you have addiction issues, if you have money issues, anything like that, any issues that you've had in your life, that's typically corrupted DNA. That's, that's not even really corrupted. It's just our ancestors did not understand the gifts of the divine. And so it basically stores as a record that's basically waiting for consciousness to claim it and to learn the lesson or claim the lesson, which you can easily do in a download. And then once the lesson is claimed, done and complete, learned, received, it's like a gift. And then the record of of the of the corrupted aspect of it gets cleared out. So I'll give you an example. That's just the first two strands that we could talk about the other ones after, but I'll give you an example. Let's say the person's got um, diabetes in their family lineage. Well, diabetes, among many things, is a record that the family lineage did not understand how to enjoy the sweetness of life. They really just had not learned that. And if you just think about diabetes, maybe it was from the Great Depression when people were working so hard and they just weren't enjoying sweetness of life. And so they took on belief systems that then got coded into their DNA and got passed through generations as I have no sweetness in life. I have There's no sweetness. There's no enjoyment. I can't 
regulate my own sweetness. So how does that display in the physical reality? Okay, I can't have sugar. I have no insulin, right? So once that's cleared out, that record is completely changed. Does this make sense? You're with me, right? Yeah, totally. It's sort of like metaphoric, like um, there's a mirror aspect to it. I mean, I can imagine some listeners going, boom, that's uh, quite of a challenging notion. But when you think about it, in metaphorically speaking, in your greater essence of being, I love the way you said it. I have no sweetness in my life. I have no, I, I can't digest sweet things. And yeah. then you just put it in the yeah. physical realm. And it's like the exact same thing. Your body is saying the exact same thing that your mind and spirit are saying. And the way it manifests is diabetes. I've never heard such a thing, but as you say, it's like, that sounds like that could be right. Yeah, it's exactly it. Thank you. Thank you, Eric, for saying that. Cause it's exact. it is a big jump for some people. For, for me, it makes absolute perfect sense at the root core at the root of every dis-ease, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, whether it's with money, soulmates, relationships, it matters not. At the root of every dis-ease is a vibrational imbalance, which can be linked to beliefs, belief systems, and the emotions associated with them. So when we understand that that's a misalignment with consciousness, with the divine source, when we can go straight to that source and say, source, creator, however we identify, let's create a pure alignment here. What must be resolved for this particular human or animal to bring them into alignment? to resolve this dis-ease, whether it's mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic, physical, whatever, then source provides the solution. I've just become an excellent translator at this stuff. So the solution in this case with diabetes, the root is that the person has a belief system that they don't have sweetness in life and they don't know how to regulate it and they don't know how to enjoy it. So we have to bring them into alignment. Source makes the correction. I just act as the translator. I'm the tra- I'm basically getting the words. Tell them this because free will is involved, right? Law of intent, consent, and authority comes in and says you must tell them with consciousness what we're going to do before we can do it. So that's why I translated, and then we can make the energetic change. That's the healing. That's clearing out the first two strands of DNA. And by the way. If that person is holding the record or even animal and it's linked to their ancestors in the DNA, then what we can do is give the gift to all the ancestors of the lineage because that person then is the holder. That person is literally saying, I hold these gifts and when I claim them, I get to give them to my ancestors. So we can clear it through all the DNA and all the bloodlines. Through through all space and time. Yes. And we're doing that. We're doing that on behalf of our ancestors and for the future generations by doing that. Yes. Correct? Yes. But of course, you understand. For me, as a translator and a facilitator, that's why I work with the laws. That's why I've become so fluent in these universal laws because the laws will tell me what I can or can't do. I have to, in my consciousness and my understanding, I have to abide by the universal laws. 
So I can't do something against someone's free will. I can't do something if it's not permitted. I can't clear for an ancestor if the laws say, nope, there's a misalignment here. That totally something ma- else is that, needed. That totally makes sense to me. I feel like, Lori, we, we talked for two hours, just you and I on the phone. There's so much that I wanted to go into on this show that there's so many aspects to you and also getting, you know, getting across to our listeners how capable each one of us is and what our, where our psychic abilities are. I also want to talk about what you do with animals, but we do have to break for another song. So there's lots that we want to talk about when we come back, but we do want to play another song. I'm going to play a song. Speaking of Eric, when you told your story, here's another one. When Brian and I were on our anniversary date, I said, if you could make a mixtape about our relationship or, you know, I was being all like, he made me a mixtape. I fell in love with him and we were driving in his car and I said, what would you put on the mixtape? And then he didn't say anything. And I go, it'd be blank. And I looked at him like, oh, you know, wow. And we, I just look over at his display and this song was playing. It's, it's, it's by Mason Air. It's called Astronaut, but it says, Something about your love. And I was like, okay, that would be on your mixtape. <laughs> so here we go. And I liked it. It's a pretty song. All right. Here we go. What's it called? The title? Something about your love. Astronaut, something about your love.
Hello there, everybody. This is Gene Houston, and I'm trying to help make a better world, as I'm sure many of you are. And this is the White Ankle Radio. Love Gene Houston. I love what she said there, too. Mm-hmm. Well, we have some shout outs to do here. Gloria Rose, Gloria Rose and Big Bear is writing in. She says, I absolutely adore this song. I, I, I do too. I've and never heard it. I feel like it should be on my mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, thank you, Gloria. I'm so glad you're listening. It's great to have you with us live. I also wanted to do a shout out to somebody Eric and I met at the Marine Room it must have been year. It feels like years ago, doesn't it? I can't even remember. <laughs> we were there playing pool or something, mm-hmm. and we met a guy from the East Coast named John, and he wrote us on October 11th. I guess I, I missed a bunch of messages in our on our Facebook message, and he says, "I spoke to you at Marine Room. I have very deep truth to share about connecting to truth and energy, a personal journey of towing the line between established mainstream science and personal understanding. So John, we'll have to, I'll have to answer that email, but I wanted to give you a shout out um, on the air. And also Zoe Chenery, Zoe wrote in and she wrote us a really sweet message. I, I guess it was on October 2nd. I didn't even see it, but You didn't say your seven-year-old daughter's name. She said she just wanted to share with us that her seven-year-old daughter is always coming home and says she's made someone smile or cared for them. But I guess her daughter had been bullied at school that day, and she came home and her friends had made her smile. And she said she wanted to form a club, and she wanted to name the club The Kind Club. So good on you, Zoe, for being a great parent to that beautiful seven-year-old daughter of yours. So we're back. Yes, we're, we are. We're back. And Lori, you still there? Yes, oh, oh, I'm good. still here. <laughs> there she is. I don't is. let those pregnant Sorry. pauses make me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I had I had myself on mute so that I didn't make any sounds in the background That's when right. I wasn't speaking. No worries. We turn your mic down during the songs anyway, but just like we turn ours off. Uh, a fascinating conversation that we're having, and I do want to, to dive into some other aspects because it sounds like you have thrown yourself into this work and you know once you're in it it is like multifacets of the same diamond it's not like oh i'm interested in this over here and this over here and that over there and like wow you're a renaissance person you can do this and this and this once you dive into this consciousness this awakening process all you're really seeing i think is more and more connections to be made how so much of all of life is dovetailed into or should be i think this what we would call awakening or expanding consciousness or raising the vibration it everything connects to everything else if it's the right information does that sound right yeah i mean because ultimately everything is connected the thing is is i i think for me what happened was because i do so much of that dna activating what i've learned is that all of our consciousness all gifts that we have everything that we need is within our dna it's it is stored within our dna and this is done on purpose because we can't lose it it's within us and also it's there for us to claim and recover when we're ready as we're ready so to me all the dna activating that i've done is part of what's really turned on the gifts it's Everybody has this. Everybody, everybody's gifts are unique and different for each unique individual, but everybody has 
tremendous gifts lying dormant in our DNA for us to claim. It it does seem like this is the great awakening. I feel like we could all agree that there is a great awakening happening on the planet where people are just popping awake to the fact that there is a truer truth out there than the one we've been told. And a lot of people are ready to explore that. And they need people like you, people like us that can get, you know, the message out over the airwaves, get the message to the masses so that we can connect people with people like you, Lori, that are helping to activate the DNA, to clear old ancestral patterns, to clear out our sacred contracts and agreements or, you know, whatever contracts we've had, um, have us look at, you know, our archetypical patterns that we've been doing when we're on repeat and and then yeah. to activate us to actually empower us to tune into our own psychic abilities and how we awakened and and use our our greatest gifts that we've been given that are are within us and that's why I kind of wanted you to go into that on the this show tonight yeah. but I also I mean I know a lot of people do whole one and two hour shows just on your animal communications and and what you do with the animals which I do want to talk about that a little teeny bit as well um but where do you want to go with that? Can you give our listeners that are saying, I want to know how to activate my psychic abilities? What what would you say? Tune into your webinar yeah, on eleven eleven. Well, <laughs> well, well, no, well, let's say this. First of all, the psychic, the word psychic, I think, is one of those sort of, I mean, it's one of those kind of sleazy words, sort right. of like lawyer, you know? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, what is what does that mean? To me, when I use that word, what I mean is your your inner gifts that that are way deeper, richer, truer than your five D senses. Even, in other words, it's your inner knowing, your inner awareness, and yeah, your your clairs, clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, claircognizance, etc. But it's really just you developing that part within you, that aspect of you that has incredible discernment to determine, to have higher awareness, greater awareness, so that you can navigate your reality in a whole new way. Because the, this new fifth dimensional reality that we're, that we're birthing into and birthing from within us, it's a new paradigm. It's a new reality, as we know, and it requires new abilities. And that's what I mean when I say psychic. It might be your ability to see and perceive things, but it might also be your ability to discern and to know. I remember when we were talking, Michelle, we were also talking about namology. I love using names. I love numbers and numerology. That's a that's a type of psychic ability, but it's also just perfectly logical. Yeah. You know, can can you tell Eric? Logic. Can you tell Eric about his name? Since you told me about my husband Brian's name, you said Brian is a good guy, and uh, you, you gave me a little bit about Brian. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Eric, because my brother's name is Eric as well. Mm. Well, E is the letter that I mean. It's just more like understanding names. First, let's understand the first name is the name of the soul. Like the soul chose that name for this incarnation to be a representation of of who that being is from a vibrational standpoint and as well as what they're here to explore. 
then the middle name, assuming someone has one, is typically something private or from another lifetime, but really both. It's like it's personal to you that you brought in from another lifetime, and it's not necessarily what's public, or it might be what you do sort of in your own privacy, but not like you're hiding it. And then the last name is the soul, uh, sorry, the soul family, so the lineage, what the lineage passed down to you or what you you brought through for or and from the lineage. But the name Eric, E is the letter of like everything. It, it First of all, it loves beauty. It loves exploring. It loves definitely loves learning. It's not that letter E as a lead-in letter. It's a, it's a truth about who you are. You love beauty and you love exploring. Those are key factors of E. It's like everything could be interesting. Everything, even if it's not interesting to you, you'd be open-minded enough to to be to be willing to consider it that's e r is a truth letter so r as a truth letter is the, the the beings with the letter r are developing discernment in this lifetime to know the truth now in a 3d paradigm an r could be someone who's chosen denial they might have chosen to to not want to know the truth or to be attached to only their truth but in a more evolved being or someone who's really exploring, they want to know the truth. So they're, it's R is a truth letter. I is a letter typically that's associated with like, um, first of all, the, 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 let, the, the vowels are typically your emotions. So the emotional sensation you have related to these things. But I is typically more about like wanting to know about yourself, you know, who am I? It might have to do with personal indulgence. Um, it's wanting to know the inner self, you know, who you are as an individuated being, how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your reality. C is the communication letter. So the fact that you have a radio show, that's a perfect example of the letter C. And the fact that it's the last letter, it's typically the last letter of your name is how people perceive you. So they will definitely perceive you, Eric, as a good communicator. And again, you're on the radio. I mean, it's a perfect example. Does that make sense? And is that, would you feel like that's relevant for you? Well, Michelle's looking at me like, oh, see, this is... She nailed you. <laughs> she nailed you. Hello. But it, it's it's cool that you, in the name Eric, E-R-I-C, as I was listening to you say that, and I'm thinking about my name, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, I have three of those letters in, in my name, too. But, Michelle, I'll tell you, first of all, the L letter is love. You have a double L. I have a double L. Love squared. Yeah. You've Aww. got a lot of love, a lot, a lot of love. And you also have the C, communication. You also have the E. Your M, think Metatron. Think Archangel Michael. Think um, Melchizedek. Mickey Mouse. Those are M. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Okay, even Mickey Mouse. M is the master manipulator, but it's the mastery. It's mastery in creating, um, creating and changing. Disney World was like that. It's like, how do you create, change, transform? We use the word manipulation, it might sound negative, but it's not a negative word when you think of Archangel Michael. You can take anything that's heavy and turn it into light. You can use a sword of love and light to clear things. It's more like transformation 
manipulating reality to make it something greater. Mickey Mouse had that. Disney World had that. It's like magic. Magic. That's a good M letter. That explains the M in a good way. Wow. So you have that within you. That's really that yeah. was that's really fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Colleen! It's, Colleen has double L's and double E's. I bet that's why she's writing. She's texting me right now, so I'm wondering if that's what she's saying. She says I have double mm-hmm. L's and double E's and a C, <laughs> and she's our admin that <laughs> puts puts together our great banners and and keeps our whole radio show going. Mm. With a letter C at the beginning of the name, it would to me, symbolize that she's a very effective communicator. And yeah, the double L, L is love. L is a powerhouse letter. It's, I mean, love is just a really super high frequency, right? So the fact that it's within the middle of her name, it means it's within her and she might not always expose it overtly, but she has great love in her. Yes. Right. Yes. And she says yeah. she even has double N's in her middle name and her maiden name. And she mm. said it made her a bit nutty as a kid. <laughs> All the well, time. I don't know what her middle name is. But my middle name is Anne. I have double N's. And the double N means, just as you would assume, right? Take the negative and makes it positive. Ah. That's the double N. Transforms that which is negative into positive. Mm. Isn't that, we didn't even know that we were going to go there, but I wanted her to because that was so mm-hmm. fascinating to me on on Saturday when we spoke and do you do you do a webinar just on this kind of thing on the on the yeah I taught taught it on I taught it um to my community once I did a course on it more for fun I mean it's available on my website if someone wanted to get it as a replay I just love namology I do it for fun and the way I learned it really and I know I explained this to you is just you know, in my in my journey, a lot of time I've been alone. Like I've spent a lot of alone time, and I understand. You know, if you're going to do deep inner inner transformational work for yourself, and if you're going to have to go from, you know, kind of mainstream living in corporate America, you know, being just a 3D person, everyday person, into really transforming yourself so that you can truly be of service to humanity, you're going to spend a lot of time alone. So. How did I make friends? I mean, I had to find some common ground. Mm -hmm. So that's how I learned numerology and nameology. I studied people's names. I studied the numbers. And I would ask people, as an effort to make friends, I would ask them, like, hey, can I do your numbers? Hey, can I do your name? And then I would sort of learn and study. And every time anyone ever told me a story, I would ask for the names of all the people involved in the story, or even animals, so that I could make those, like, kind of like assessments. Oh, that's a similarity. You know, I would just track that. And then if I had questions, I would go to my higher team and be like, okay, this is what I'm understanding about this name or about this letter or about this number. Is that true, real, and valid? Is that, that's my question whenever I'm uncovering something. Is that true, real, and valid? And I would just test it and that's how I would learn. And did you say that we kind of pick our own names? It's not our parents giving it, that we're actually coming in and and we've chosen this name for ourselves? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the soul makes, because to me, ultimately, everything is a pre-agreement, ultimately. Like, all of existence is a pre-agreement. So what's a pre-agreement? Like a contract or an agreement of some kind where, you, where consciousness says, okay, I'm going to have an experience and this is what I'm going to create. And 
now I'm going to just branch off into an individualized being. So the soul branches off and goes, I'm going to take this name. And by the time the baby is born, the name is already chosen. And the parents just hear it. They feel it in the right. field. Well, that's part of the, right, that's part of the soul agreement that they make together. Interesting. It makes a lot make sense. Like I was telling, I was telling you, Lori, on Saturday that I was born into a different name, Nikki Lee. And now my, uh, the angels came to me and said that's to be my daughter's name because she was due on my actual birthday, November 5th. She came early, November 3rd. And, and I did give her that name, N-I-K-K-I-L-E-E. And what did you say the double K's meant? You said they well, were... Well, K is cleanup crew. Cleanup crew. K is cleanup. <laughs> really, really strong, tough. Think Kali Yuga. Uh-huh. Think Martin Luther King. Uh-huh. Strong. She, like she, King. You know what I mean? That's just like... She, she takes no BS yeah. from anyone. She's super smart, too. Yeah. But... but the thing that you're saying, because I've always said to my parents since they adopted me that my soul chose them to be my parents. I just had this inner knowing and that here I got the name Michelle, even though I was born into the name Nikki Lee, but my birth mother, Madeline, wanted to name me an M name because her mother was Margaret and her mother's mother was Martha. And so mm. she said, how did you get your M name? And mm-hmm. what you said kind of, it really tied it all together for me. I hadn't thought of it in the way that you explained it, but that is really, really fascinating. And you are so fascinating. I bet, how do you ever get off the phone with anyone? You have so much to share. And I, I love talking. I love sharing. I love teaching and I love learning. Yeah. I'm just, I love it. But you know what, you know, I, while you're saying that, I wanted to say, I have had a lot of conversations with unborn babies, and unborn babies are some of the most fascinating beings to speak with or communicate with, because they will share about what their what their plan is. Like, they know who they are, so fully formed, like so fully conscious before they before they come into the body, mm-hmm. before they come into the physical their own physical body, and it's. It might be surprising to some people to hear that some unborn babies go through the entire um, gestation period outside of the mommy's body as a guide, like as one of their, as her guide, so to speak, or as a, not even so much as a guide, but they just choose to go through it that way, to witness it as an observer, conscious observer. It doesn't mean there's not a soul. It just means they're not actually... And that, that that might be upsetting to some people, but it's really not. It's like the baby soul chooses its experience. It's, so it's fascinating. They're just so conscious. Yeah, it is. We have a listener that wrote in and said, uh, my parents named me Stephanie and then changed it to Jennifer before I even left the hospital. What about someone mm. that changes changes the name? Who had the, the the more influence in that scenario? Well, the soul always chooses. It just means that maybe initially the parents either were picking up something that was either their will or or maybe another baby that was still to be born, like yet to be born, or that was just in the frequency. But the fact that they changed it was that was the name that was truly meant to be. Mm. It, it could that- be even that, that 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 individual baby 
was uncertain of her own choice and there was a decision there was or in some cases it could be okay i'll be happy with either or usually that's really scripted and and we we had a guest on mermaid mahalia was on a few weeks ago um and she was telling me that she was actually her parents named her michelle and then they changed her name and i can't think of what they changed her name to but it was another m name I remember her last name was Mole. Do you remember? Yeah, you no. wouldn't remember that. And then she officially changed it because she got the name Mahalia Michael, and she officially changed mm. it to Mahalia Michael, and that mm. that fit her vibration. But mm-hmm. it, I, I, this is just bringing a lot out. One of our one of our regular listeners, Terry Ann Deal, is writing in, and she's just you're making you're making everything makes sense to her. She says, oh my heaven, she is bringing all the fuzzy into perfect, eloquent focus. And she, mm. she wrote a big, long, a big, long message. But at the end, she says, gratitude for you all tonight. My heart is overflowing. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Terry Ann Deal. Um, yeah, all of this just, whoo, incredible. I think the thing, the thing to really get about this, like whether it's names, whether it's numbers, no matter what, we're shifting out of a, a reality that's based entirely in the physical world and into a a state of consciousness where everything is vibrational, everything. And so our names are just a vibrational representation of us. Mm -hmm. But in truth, you know, it's it's really about us waking up to, to this awareness that everything is vibrationally based. So a great example of this is like in the 3D paradigm, you better put locks on the doors, you better have guns, you better, you know, be afraid, but, you know, protect your passwords in the 5D reality when you're vibrating to safety, the frequency of I am safe. When you embody the energetic frequency of I am safe, all is well. When you behave in your reality in a way that is aligned with integrity, I don't steal, no one steals from me. I don't harm anyone. I live by the law for the greater good of all with harm to none. You are always safe. So you're no longer in this frequency of like, oh, my God, I need cameras. Oh, my God, I need passwords. Right? It's just a whole new way of living. It is a totally yeah. different way of living. My my mother, she does not get me at all when it comes to the way that you just language that. I'm not going to give a bunch of stuff away on air, but how trusting I am, whether it's mm-hmm. locking doors or she'll say, you trust everyone and and you know, I, I just worry about you. And, I, and I've started correcting her and saying, please don't put that into the field. You don't need to worry about me. I'm always safe and I'm mm-hmm. always protected. And I just, I just, I feel that golden bubble of love around me all the time. It's just, that's the way that I think and process. And and, and even I do too, as you very know, flowy. Michelle, um, <laughs> and I didn't have a key to my house for 20 years. Um, but I, still I would I would really choose someone could say, oh, well, you're just delusional and who knows, maybe I come to some, you know, violent end. But I would rather live in that bubble of thinking that everything is going my way, that I love people and they're going to love me back. And we're just in that fluid uh, field. And and, you know, every day that you live in that to me is a day that you're just living in this beautiful existence. So even if you're wrong, <laughs> I'd rather I'm 60 years old now. I've, I've made it to 60 years old feeling unthreatened and protected and safe. 
So that even if I died a violent death, I would go, yeah, but I lived 60 years every day of thinking the world was a safe place. I mean, that, yes, that feels like absolutely. a fair trade-off to me. <laughs> well, well, the thing to understand is that this is what's so important even about, like, consciousness. So in the, when someone says you're delusional or they don't get it, right, their consciousness doesn't necessarily know what you know. And they, they're they very likely not vibrating at the frequency where you're vibrating because that's what the difference is, right? If If you're just sort of delusional, if a person is just sort of delusional saying, oh, I'm just going to love and light and everything's fine, if they're in a frequency of denial, they're going to run into a problem. Yeah. But if they've cleaned out fear-based frequencies from their consciousness and unconsciousness and then they start moving about their life from a space of i am embodying safety the energy of safety i am embodying the knowing that all is well in every cell of my body and being i am vibrating that i'm radiating it out from me it's radiating out all around me it's circulating through the field of consciousness around me and it's attracting back to me. These are laws of the universe, by the way. Just mentioned three laws. Mm-hmm. Then this is not delusional. This is a matter of fact. Because you are a vibrational being, and if you vibrate something, and then you radiate it out from you, that is law of radiation, and it circulates through your field, law of circulation, and then it attracts back to you, law of attraction. That is fact. Whether somebody knows it as fact or not is irrelevant. Just like gravity, you don't have to agree with it. In our 3D reality, gravity is a law of nature. So it's not a universal law, but it's a law of nature. So someone can disagree with me, but if I drop a pencil, it's going to drop. So this is the difference, because if a person perceives that to be delusional, it, it is for them from their frequency and perspective. And so therefore, they are right. You're you get this. I know you get it. Totally. Yeah, completely. But I love the way that you language it and you're able to put it so precisely so that our listeners can really take a minute with it, breathe it in. They can go back and listen to this podcast anytime they want. If they didn't catch it or didn't understand it, they can go to your website. They can attend your webinars. I know you have a webinar coming up on eleven eleven Stargate Portal, right? Yes. Well, that's a DNA activation call. So that's when we literally, what happens in those calls is I get um, down, downloads. What is this group who's participating going, what activations will we be providing? And activations could be all kinds of things. Sometimes they're, they're frequencies of light to help us as humanity evolves. Sometimes they're um, codes of um very often they're related to sacred geometrical patterns. This is already in the DNA. Everything is sacred geometry. But when we start activating that, our body starts to shift and conform to these perfect patterns. Sometimes they're clearings of like aging imprints or aging patterns, and we replace them with um, blueprints for perfect health and um, the restoration of the body's ideal and optimal states of health and well-being. There's a divine, an original divine blueprint that everyone has that's, that does not include aging and disease. That gets activated. Um, there's just all kinds of codes in the DNA. I could go on and on. But when we do these 
DNA activation calls. I call them speed activations because it's like an hour to two hours of just downloads, activations, clearings. Um, and then we do also what's called um, um, new operating systems. So just like your Excel computer, your your computer might have Excel or, you know, 2.0, and then you, you clear that and you upgrade to Excel 7.0, for example. It's the same thing with these operating systems. So now we're getting these operating systems that are 5D operating systems. So in 3D, an operating system might be like, oh, well, waste me another day. <laughs> Whereas in 5D, a new operating system is glad expectation. I'm just moving through life, gladly expecting without any particular attachment or expectation, just expecting life to be good. Love it. Like, imagine. Like, imagine that, You're right? such a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. I'm loving this. Well, we're ready to take another song break, and I am going to play this song for you, my dear soul sister, Lori. You may not have heard this song before, but you told me on Saturday that you love NACO and Medicine for the People. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're going to play a song called Budding Trees. It's cute in the beginning. There's a girl that tells... She's joking with him, but... Um, it's a cute, it's a great song. So we'll be right back. Nako Medicine for the People, Budding Trees. <laughs> it started off as a dream or a walk we went in the woods. In the moon of the budding trees, I was gifted new eyes to see. All of the shift and shape and ways you can be. Wake the dreams into reality. Wake the dreams into realities Sunset diamonds trickle down our cheeks The language of no words is how we speak Part your mama spinning firelight And a little bear singing by the fireside Out of the city we threw in on our next check That's us whistling up on your neck Moonly diamonds sparkle in my mouth Feels like hunger and it tastes like salt Feels like hunger and it tastes like salt So tap me out and tap me into you Heal my brain and my body too Balance my chemistry, hydrate these cells cause the Body talks and meditation helps. The body talks and meditation helps. Oh, 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 Quiver on a quest to the dunes Sandy toes and bottomless curves of the moon Heavy lifting for Pele's children Hand of the goddess soaking cliffs keep building Plate is full but appetite has dwindled I feel a little sick so I keep the fire kindled You the pillar steadfast light of a ravey And I the dimly burning candle still shaking Riddle fear quiver my 
visualize leaving Let her go for she can no longer feed you And many children need that monitor creature Just barely missed you, I was finally ready But you were long gone, too much heavy history Yeah, you were long gone, too much heavy history Let go of blame that will never serve me Hi, I'm Malcolm Carter, the director of The Connected Universe And you're listening to Awakening Code Radio Yes, you are indeed, Nako and Medicine for the People. You know, before I forget, um, Lori, we, it's so many people. We have a lot of people that talk about 3D, 5D, 3D, 5D, 3D, 5D, and above. And for whatever reason, 4D never gets talked about. And it would just logically, you would think, well, if we're moving from 3D to 5D, aren't we moving through 4D? Or should we talk about 4D? Or, But we, I, I never hear it. Oh, my God. I love, love, love that you just asked that. I love that, Eric. Well, we actually so, had a listener yeah. right in. But, yes, it, it is up with oh, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> awesome. So, well, a lot of people think that 4D is time, and I am here to bust that. So, 4D is the non-physical realm. So, in 3D, everybody believes that everything is physical, and most people, you know, maybe they believe in angels. But they really don't know. They don't know. So in order to get to 5D, you have to move through the non-physical realm with your consciousness. And you shift out of being a believer to a knower because you have experienced things firsthand. So you start connecting with your own angels and your own guides. And you start doing things like astral travel. And you start opening up your psychic gifts and playing with them and telepathy and animal communication. And then maybe you do see some ghosts. Maybe you really do interact with non-physical beings. Maybe you do have apparitions, um, like on and on. Maybe you do talk to dead people. Like maybe dead people come to you and you realize there's no such thing as death. These are the things that happen when you're moving energetically through 4D. You also start to realize you can play with time. Time can be elongated. Time can be reduced or stretched. Time can be eliminated because you can sit in a stillness, a null, a void. Hours can go by and you can realize like no time went by at all. All kinds of things shift and change because we suddenly, you start learning, maybe you learn the Akashic Records, which by the way, those exist on a sixth dimensional plane, but you can access them from 4D. All these things start opening up for you because you move through a non-physical plane of existence. You expand beyond the physical reality and you, you may start off as a believer, but you end up as a knower. So why why do best explanation ever great explanation but why do people not it sounds like an important aspect to move to 5D why does this part of what 4D is not get hardly ever mentioned I mean well, I don't are, know why are we just supposed to race I- race through it and there is no payoff in 4D it's just like everything you learn in 4D is actually the payoff is waiting for you in 5D No, 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 not at all. What it is is that 4D, think of this. The way I love to explain it is like, it's like Grand Central Station. I mean, it's like the airport. You you, you move through, you collect your baggage, you, you, you unload some things, you're moving on. But you take with you the experience. You don't not, you never leave that. It's just that 4D is where you, when you get to 5D, you're incorporating everything of 3D everything of 4d and now you have an anchor point 
you're in a new reality. You've transmuted that which is non-beneficial. You've left behind stuff that you no longer need, that are non non-desired, that do not match the frequency. Because 5D is basically frequencies of love, peace, and joy, right? Yeah. So compassion, kindness, understanding, harmony, peace, harmony, mm-hmm. all those frequencies. Gratitude. Right. Well, that's even 4D if you think about that. I mean, people. some people don't have the concept that dense, heavy energy is associated with 3D paradigms, fear-based reality, worry, anxiety, grief, sadness. I mean, it's not like you'll never feel those things in 5D. They're just not your frequency. So you take all of this with you. You leave behind what's generally not vibrationally compatible with 5D. And you claim all your gifts of 4D. They're still part, they're part of who you are. It's not like you never use them. You use them. But they're just with you, right? And then... That's it's kind, it's kind of like a, sto- like a stopping point on your way to your ma- self-mastery. <clears throat> or I, 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 I love the way that you're explaining it, but sometimes when, when I'm experiencing it, like sometimes people will say to me, I'll see you in the astral. And I'll think, no, you'll see me in the celestial. Because I, really <laughs> right. I don't really hang out in the astral. I mean, that's, right. I know you're laughing, Eric, but... I, you'd have to even explain the astral and but, celestial. But the re- like astral... Astral 4D, whatever. When you go to a bar, a lot of times people relate it to when you go to a bar and a lot of people are drinking and there might be discarnate spirits hanging around looking for a way in. Um, Right. Those those would be beings that are in 4D, right? Non-physical, but they didn't didn't take that leap over to the next dimension. (gasps) So they're kind of hanging yeah. out in the astral plane. It, to me, a lot of a, a lot of that is kind of sticky. Yeah, because astral plane, the non-physical plane of 4D, just think about this. In the third dimensional paradigm, most people aren't thinking like your thoughts are energy. What thoughts are things? Where do they come from? Where do they go to? They're hanging out with 4D. Beliefs. Where do, you thought, where do your beliefs come from? Like, all of that is just forms of energy, all forms of energy that are non-physical, basically, in the 3D physical reality. If you, if you understand, like, which I know you do, the physical reality that we live in is made up of space, which is height, width, depth, sound, right? We talk, we can hear each other, and light, which includes gradients of color. That's the 3D realm. That's the physical realm. Now, 4D is everything non-physical. So that includes entities. Yeah, entities are real. Demonics are real. All that stuff is real. But you have to go through it to get to 5D because 5D is where we're so conscious. We really understand these things are real. We don't have to play with entities we can just be like okay that's an entity not interested thank you moving on right we don't have to sit there and analyze thoughts over and over again we just recognize oh thoughts are things they're real they are things they exist i love 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 the way you explain it yeah i think i think our listeners are going to get a lot out of this show can we oh good let's take some time because I, we can go a little bit over since we started the podcast a little bit late. If you're okay with that, I know you're on the East Coast, so I don't want to. I'm good. 
You're good. Yeah, you're you're all lit up now. Oh my gosh. And I'm lit up and our listeners are lit up. They're all listening. Um so I want to talk about the the animal communication that you do. And I have I I've been seeing lately and I was just I I might have even been talking I was talking to somebody about it today about how what the animal realm, what what the animals are teaching us about unconditional love, and you're seeing a lot of interspecies communication lately. I, I just saw, I think it was on Instagram, or I can't remember where I saw it, where a cheetah was looking at, a cheetah walked up on a, on a, a deer mother and her brand newborn baby deer, and the, the dear mother jumped out of the way because she thought she was going to get eaten by this cheetah. And the little newborn deer is looking at the cheetah. And next thing you know, the cheetah is not devouring the deer. But they show three months later, the little deer is three months old. And that cheetah adopted that little deer that the mother ran away from because she thought she, you know, survival of the fittest kind of thing. And the cheetah became the mother to the deer. And I'm seeing a lot of stuff like that on on um, social media, you know, a, a pig nursing a cat and just stuff mm-hmm. that you wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. But tell us a little bit about your what you do with animal communication and what you're getting, what animals are teaching us. Well, first I want to say the animals are being affected by the ascension process just as we are, which is why you're seeing that kind of interspecies activity together, right? Because they're becoming loving too. They're also going through like, hey, we're not really different. And one of the things we do, by the way, when we clean out DNA is we clean out old programming that says we need to eat meat or dead animals for survival. We don't need to. That's a set of belief systems and codes in the DNA that can be transmuted. So They're being affected by that because when we clear something out for the collective, the collective is affected. I hope that makes sense. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Awesome. That said, so when you're talking about what the animals are here and inter, you know, interspecies communication and telepathy and what they're here to help us with, the animals are basically embodiments of higher consciousness beings to help us reclaim our awareness, our consciousness. And so they're, they're higher conscious beings. This is a, a really great way to explain it. They don't have to learn love. They don't have to learn healthy behaviors. They also don't have to learn things or figure things out with their left analytical brain. They just have awarenesses. So a great way to explain this is right now you are aware, we are all aware that there is a country known as Afghanistan. There's a country known as Greenland. There is a planet Earth. There is a planet Mars. We are aware. We're not sitting and analyzing it, and we're not even thinking about it, except right now, because we mentioned it. So animals are aware of so much, but they don't sit and think about it or analyze it. And a huge amount of what they're aware of goes way beyond what we're conscious of. That said, what they're most aware of is all animals are empaths. So they're aware of energy. So if a human who lives with an animal, for example, comes home and is stressed out about work or angry or upset with their mother-in-law or whatever, the animal immediately knows it. 
because they feel it and sense it. They don't have to sit and analyze it. What's she upset about? Oh, my God, is she upset? Is she angry? What's going on? No. They know the energy. They know the vibration. They are completely aware of it. They know their human signature. They know what it feels like. They know. It's that simple. So this is this goes beyond just awareness. It's like they know. This is why when their human is coming home, like for animals who live with humans, they can feel and sense their human signature even before the human energy signature, before the human even gets in the house. Oh, that's so they can, cute. <laughs> yeah. And this is why you can communicate with an animal from across the planet. You don't need an animal. I don't need an, any animal communicator who's, who's really a communicator knows this. You yeah. don't need an animal to be with you to communicate with them because their, their consciousness is aware of energetic signatures. They are also highly, um, all their clairs are fully activated. So they're clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient. And so communicating with them either visually or auditorily or sensationally, like through senses, extrasensory abilities, they're already so well-versed in that. And they're here to help us remember it and reclaim it. That, Even, yeah, that explains that sense, it right? so perfectly. And you you just reminded me that I had a dog, my the love of my life dog, Uzo, who was a over 100-pound um, Rhodesian ridge, Ridgeback. And when my dad passed away on an 11-11 day, 5-9, I mean 5-6-90-2009, um, Uzo wasn't even sick. My dog wasn't even sick. <clears throat> Um, he was, I guess he was nine years old. He was born on 12, 12, 12, 12, 99. Mm-hmm. And, um, he wasn't sick. He was just getting a little bit older and I was going back and forth with my dad. My dad passes away. 10 days later, my dog dies. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. oh, he died on an, on an 11, 11 day as well. And I was so close with this dog that, when he was getting a little bit older, um, before he died, I was upstairs in the bathtub and I remember being in the bathtub and thinking, not out loud, but just thinking in my head, wow, Uzo doesn't follow me upstairs anymore. He used to follow me to every room of the house. He, fought, he, he was on my heels always. And I had the thought, oh, he must be slowing down. He must be getting older and he's not, he doesn't want to climb the stairs to... to come see me while I'm in the bathtub. Not not even 10 seconds later, he raced up the stairs like a puppy and just came straight over to me in um, in the bathtub and started licking my face, just lick, 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 lick. Like he, he heard every single thing um, that I thought. Like I was missing him. I was kind of in a way grieving that he wasn't my little pal next to me. Yeah. But he was showing me, oh my God, he's telepathic. And I remember thinking, yeah. I wish I could use this telepathy thing all the time with him. Instead, it only happened that one time. <laughs> but there were other times where I wish he would have known, you know, something else. And we weren't, we weren't, we didn't seem to be on the same frequency, but. Mm. Well, I mean, they are, they're totally, they really are very telepathic, but it's sort of just like anything. It's, if I call you from another room, sometimes you're going to be like, eh, I'm busy or yeah. something like that. But Because they have their own free will. But this is the big thing with animals. Animals who, all animals on planet Earth have 
two or three missions. Number one is to be teachers to humans, particularly the humans they live with. Number two is to be healers to humans. And if they're not healers to humans, they're very likely healers to the area of the planet where they live. So, for example, a very commonly known one, I know you know this, by the way, we didn't talk about the dolphins. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The whales and dolphins mm-hmm. are healers of the waters, right? Mm-hmm. They That is part of their mission, to keep the waters at a high frequency. That's why they emit whale songs and echolocation and those high-pitched frequencies, the dolphins, the clicks and the noise. All of that raises the frequency of the water and keeps it pure. We need that for our survival. So they are doing that as service to humanity. Mm. And the, the third way is to be to have an experience, just like we are. Right. Because they are fractals of source as well. Life wants to and live <laughs> in yeah. all of its in all of its unimaginable defin- dimensions, you know, the fractals of a diamond that there's so many expressions of life. It's just incredible. And all of it wants to live, you know. Yeah. If, if anything, yeah. well, you've been, we're at the end of the show, a couple of minutes over. You've been an amazing guest. Yeah, we, you're welcome back onto the show anytime. I'm sure we could pick lots of different topics. Oh my gosh, to, I can't wait for you to come back. Conscious Life Expo, well, is that the next time you're going to be here in February? Yeah. I will be there in February and I know I'm planning on seeing you then. Yeah. I just yes. want to say thank you for having me. It's been a joy and a pleasure to share with you and connect with both of you and thank you so much for having me you oh bet my gosh. I, it's been a, an incredible show we we just love everything you shared and so did uh, the, all the listeners that were texting in they were just Lori taylor said i don't want her to hang up <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we really appreciate it well we're going to go out with a well, song that's making its way uh around facebook have you heard it michelle it reminded me of jp uh sears who we talked about her name is Charlotte Donacci, I think, oh, and yeah. she wrote a song called I'm So Spiritual. Mm-hmm. Do you know this song? I've seen it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll go out with that. Thank you, listener. Thank you, Lori, so much for uh, your two hours. We appreciate all that you're doing. And guess, give your website one more time. Her name? Oh, yeah. It's my name. It's my name, LoriSpania.com, L-O-R-I-S-P-A-G-N-A. And if they head over there, they can get some gifted DNA activations and some great stuff for their animal companions, some energy healing and a class on animal communication and telepathy, plus a class on developing their psychic gifts, all free at my website, lorispania.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, and we will stay in touch with you. Love you, love you, love you. (laughs) Love you too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Drop your mic. Thanks so much. Yeah, and we'll play. just go out with this song because we have to be able to laugh at ourselves. Well, you went and saw JP's ears. He's the same... He's made a whole routine out of this, and I thought this was clever from this girl. So we'll go out. Thank you for listening to Awakening Code Radio. Be kind, people. We'll see you next week. Some egos were harmed in the making of this video. (laughs) (sighs) Namaste. I'm more spiritual than you. How do I know my feathers are longer? And I've drunk more ayahuasca I'm more spiritual than you It's simply true My eyes are brighter My sheepies bigger and my clothes are whiter I'm more spiritual than you 
and it's a fact I've been to Bali and changed my name to Matahari I'm more spiritual than you I don't drink booze I do frog venom and I don't take drugs I take medicine I'm more spiritual than you I love cacao and I do five rhythms My child's high vibe, it's not autism I'm more spiritual than you But don't be down to blame, we're not all ready for our twin flame, I'm more spiritual than you, how could that be, I'm from the Pleiades, Indigo, Charlton, Crystal, Starseed, I'm more spiritual than you, I don't project, I don't argue either, I take space, process and ring Davina, I'm more spiritual than you, I've seen the world, I've been to the jungle, okay, maybe not literally, but that's mid detail, I'm more spiritual than you I have scopies I broke and butcher There's too much yeast and it tastes like vinegar I'm more spiritual than you I speak the language of the lights See, I'm channeling from Bill and Ben the Flapperman. I'm more spiritual than you. I speak the truth, or more or less, or less than more, but I digress. I'm more spiritual than you. I've got a drum and a gong and a Spotify playlist called Medicine Songs. I'm more spiritual than you. Wahey Guru, Shiva Shakti, Kundalini, Chai Tea, Vegan Bhakti. I'm more spiritual than you. I've sung my songs in ceremony, so I'm a shaman basically. I'm more spiritual than you. When I'm in love, please treat me nicely. I have no boundaries because I'm Venus in Pisces. I'm more spiritual than you. I give to myself and so must you. I take cash checks, PayPal and IOUs. I'm more spiritual than you. I've had past lives as Egyptian healers, Navajo Indians and probably Jesus. I'm more spiritual than you. And I could prove there's no need though, because I've transcended the ego. This is Admin Colleen, and you're listening to Awakening Code Radio. You can find Awakening Code Radio on iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And free podcasts are always available at kx935.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.